Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Pretending With Dice. As always, I'm your host, AJ. Uh, we're back again today with another one of our interview episodes, and I'm super pleased to be joined for this one by Ed Spence, uh, DM of Dungeon Manager and Fable Hunters. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, Ed. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, no. Uh, well, you know, as well as can be expected under the circumstances, yeah. I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> Straight <laughs> but into yeah, it with, no. the, uh, <laughs> with the, the situation. <laughs> the situation, the yeah. events, the... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, how about you? How are things? Yeah, pretty good. Um, as I say, as well as can be considered <laughs> in the situation, <laughs> really. Um, yeah, yeah. As I say, um, this is very much kind of into our... Out of our January... Um, sort of break in programming again which always seems to sort of happen unplanned it seems that every january we roll around and it's like okay oh, oh we're taking a break for a couple of weeks okay yeah <laughs> well but, we yeah, yeah we we very similar we uh so we ended last year um with a sort of a mid-season finale um mm. and then we did a christmas one shot and then we were kind of like oh well you know we'll we'll start recording again like in the new year we'll we'll figure out you know um we're pretty big cliffhanger we should probably resolve that at some point hmm. and then uh, we only <laughs> it was only sort of a couple of weeks into january we were like oh man there's a lot going on in the world right now well, we should probably <laughs> we should probably get get around to recording again but yeah um, but yeah that's pretty much how it's how it's for me it's sort of like okay yeah we're getting to the end of december i mean we did like a i think the last one we did of the year was we do we do a world building bonus one every so often because we've got hmm. our own custom sort of homebrew setting and that and um it was just like, yeah, we'll take a couple of weeks off. We might be back sort of first week of January and that. And then, oh, it's oh, it's 15th of January already. Oh, it's okay. Things are rolling along. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but yeah, see, it seems to happen most years. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, yeah, time keeps, it's speeding up. I swear it is. Well, I think it's also a part of it, like, you know, obviously last year was like a whole thing. But mm. I, I feel like at the end of each year there is... Um, and I, I say this as someone who's fairly new to certainly the podcasting and streaming scene, but I think regardless of what you're doing, whether it's to do with work, whether it's to do with social life or anything, there is like a certain amount of like new year, new me reevaluation. Hmm. Um, and I think, you know, especially in the wake of everything that happened last year and kind of looking ahead to this one. Um, and I think also it's probably fair to say, I, I don't know if you found this, but with so much stuff being um like i think there was a real upturn and uptick in the amount of content that was being produced by so many like great creatives last year mm. because being stuck at home um i i think on one hand i think it can be really debilitating um from a creative standpoint because there does kind of come a point where you're there going like but when there's so much other stuff going on in the world right now, it can be really hard to like focus in on the stuff that makes you really passionate um, about world building, about storytelling and stuff like that. Mm. And um, uh, I, I think I, I realize I've started off this podcast just kind of rambling. And I apologize <laughs> no, for no, that. No, it's, really gonna... <laughs> it's, it's pretty far for the course. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think like, especially after last year where so many people were creating so much great stuff, be that, um, sort of podcasting about um sort of the mechanics of different ttrpg systems or campaigns or one shots or um kind of like interview episodes like this one I, I think especially with the amount that people were doing last year and creating quite a you know sizable base for themselves sort of coming into a new year where you have accomplished so much and done um done so much in the way of uh, basically creating mm. um 
I think, you know, coming into a new year and sort of not really knowing after the uncertainty of the latter year and not really knowing when that uncertainty is going to end or if it will, I think, um, yeah, I think a month of reflection and looking ahead kind of is only natural. Um, for sure, but, yeah. I yeah. mean, for, for me, it was very much like, okay, I, I use the sort of the tick over as sort of like, okay, right, that's that's over and done with. That's 2020. <laughs> we maybe didn't hit all of our goals, you know, because I, I, it was probably my own hubris, actually. It's me. I caused this. Um, <laughs> at the start of 2020, I put out a video of like, here's what we're doing this year. Here's all the cool things we got planned, and we didn't do most of them. Um, so I kind of was a bit hesitant about doing that again, <laughs> mainly because yeah. most of the thing I could pretty much just change one of the labels on that video and be like, oh, no, nope, here's the 2021 <laughs> video. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I kind of looked at it as a sort of opportunity to go, like, OK, so what do I what do I want to do this year moving forward? You know, we, we've kind of, you know, I'm, I'm happy with what we put out last year. We didn't mm. hit most of the things that i originally <laughs> had planned but like i feel like a lot of you know like most of the world I maybe had to abandon some plans or change what i had going on and that you know that's that's no big deal but looking forward where do i go from here is a sort of thing of like okay now we've got another year what are we doing is sort of how, how i've kind of looked at it this month and exactly and, and I, yeah uh, you what well, yeah i i i watched a great um video recently about new year's resolutions and it was kind of going like resolutions, there's such a or aims for a year. Like going, I'm going to, I'm going to learn a language this year. I'm going to do, you know, I'm, I'm going to quit this thing. I'm going to start running or something like that. Like I think one of one of the things that this video brought up, which I thought was really interesting, and I hadn't really considered it before. But the trouble is with that because we tend to set ourselves so many goals throughout the year and a year is a long time as well. It passes quickly, but it's a long time mm. and there's no accounting for what is going to happen in those entire 12 months. But if you're going, you know, I'm going to start running, I'm going to um, finish that book. I'm going to inevitably, if you have days where you stumble, because how, you know, no matter how dedicated someone is like, it is so hard to keep up that kind of momentum through any year, let alone a year where, you know, you're experiencing sort of internationally shared trauma. Mm. But one of the things that this video said was, you know, something to potentially do instead, rather than ascribing yourself goals or resolutions, um, is to ascribe yourself a theme for the year. So this is going to be, and it can be as broad and all-encompassing as possible, but and for example, ascribe yourself like this will be the year of reading. And so you go, okay, I'm going to read more this year. And you may discover throughout the year that, you know, just because you're busy, reading a book every month or every other week might not be conducive to either your health or your working. And so maybe you find like audiobooks are better for you. And that can still fall under the remit mm. of, um, you know, which I thought was, as someone who tends to put a lot of pressure on themselves, like I, I found that <laughs> quite quite useful and also uh, quite reassuring as well. Yeah, yeah. To sort of not seeing it as a failure if you don't hit, like, what, like you say, a book a month, 12 books, you know, what can still feel like a similar kind of accomplishment. You know, it doesn't, just because you haven't picked up 10 hardcover books doesn't mean you've 
you know not hit your goal sort of thing you've you've made an you've made an attempt to yeah you've made an attempt you, you've, you've, yeah. you've had a goal for change and you've done your best and that you know that's better than not doing anything i think is the uh, this way I kind of look at it is like, well, if I did nothing, then that's nothing. But at least I've got all these unfinished projects. That's probably not psychologically healthy <laughs> either, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean, though. Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, mm. yeah. Um. So anyway, then I mean, I, don't, I I kind of always try and start these interviews a sort of similar way, and that's to ask you to sort of give a rundown of what um, Dungeon Manager and uh, Fable Hunters is kind of all about for our listeners who might not be familiar with them. Yeah, so um, so Dungeon Manager sort of started accidentally. Um, so I, it's the first thing I, I've ever DM'd. It's been going. Uh, we've been recording just over a year now, I think. Mm. Um, and yeah, basically, we it started off uh, a small group of us, uh, just a bunch of friends, a couple who had never played D anD D before, myself who had never DM'd before, mm. and. We it started with us just kind of sitting around um, on our living room floor, just playing this uh, homebrew campaign, and we're so, sort of fairly eclectic. Um, you know, um, myself, I'm I'm an actor. Um, my partner, who's also in the group, she's a director. Uh, we have a couple of writers in the group, a cinematographer, hmm. um, and so it was never our intention to make something that would be shared um it was kind of initially just our thing um and you know as someone who you know is their first time dming as well like there was it, it was the furthest thing from yeah. the front of my <laughs> mind that you know I, I wanted to share you know the embarrassment of my um different voices and uh, my uh, lack of knowledge of the rules uh with a wider audience but i re- i remember after our very first session um which was this sort of chaotic um everyone out for themselves sort of there were like cannons being flung in the air and like explosions <laughs> and trees on fire and all this kind of stuff and it was so it was so much fun and i remember at the end of the session we kind of joked oh man it would have been great to record that ha 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 um and we <laughs> continued for around a year of playing just kind of meeting irregularly um as I'm sure every D and D group is very familiar with scheduling. Uh, oh, was yeah. always an issue, <laughs> but um, it's but almost yeah, a meme but... at this point, isn't it? Of like yeah, everybody can do Saturday, and then the last person comes in and goes, "Saturday's not good for me." I know, yeah. and weirdly, like that that doesn't change when you're recording. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's sort of around a year in, we we were still playing with these characters, and we'd we'd had such lived in experiences with them and especially for the two players, um, Billy and Diani who hadn't played before, uh, they were, you know, so swept up in this, um, this system and, and the story that we were telling together. Um, and, you know, throughout it, we kept on kind of joking, like, every so often, especially with Billy being a cinematographer and having like so much equipment every so often we were like, Oh man, we should get like a camera in here and stuff like that. And then eventually we were like, I mean, we could, we, we could, we could bring a camera in here that. And, um, so we sort of were like, well, we'll, we'll try, we'll, you know, try it out as an experiment, but ultimately our enjoyment comes first. It's about you know that we want to share this story with people and if this isn't the right way to tell this story then you know 
we can consider it and uh, an experiment tried and an experiment abandoned hmm. um and yeah we uh we set up the cameras and just started going and like i say like majority of the group don't consider themselves performers and one of the things i was very clear with everyone was you know if this gets in the way of role playing or your enjoyment of the story or whatever like you know we don't have to do it but everyone i i think was quite keen to um which was i don't know i i think it was as much about the story as our dynamic because i think before we before we came sort of into the ttrpg community i think a lot of the examples that you see of actual plays tend to be very polished very um uh, basically professionals you know you look at things like critical role and high rollers and all the stuff that comes out wizards of the coast and stuff like that and it's all people it's it's their job to perform yeah and it's their job to um basically present a story and i think one of the things that was really nice was you know while i like to think there's you know a good amount of quality behind what we do and a lot of that in fact i would argue most of that is down to billy and his filming and and the way in which he um presents everything in the final edit at the same time like you know part of what we wanted to share was the fun that we were just having sat around a table Hmm. and yeah it, it sort of all came out of that and then eventually we started making podcast versions of our episodes and uh we were uh, approached and ended up being hosted by wizards of the coast for a time as well mm. um which uh was um wild actually I remember pretty huge. <laughs> yeah well I, I remember getting the the notification on twitter where um dungeons and dragons follows you and i was like oh oh that's <laughs> that's weird yeah. um but yeah i mean ultimately it sort of came down to just kind of wanting to share the fun that we were having sat around a table and just doing silly voices and mm-hmm. uh, telling this increasingly sort of grandiose story with other people just in the hope that um, other people would enjoy it. And then off the back of that, um, I, I have no idea how they came upon us, but basically uh, um, Fable Hunters, who are a group of various Twitch streamers um, who perform live each week, they messaged me out the blue and said look we've seen uh we've seen you dm for dungeon manager would you like to dm for us as well and it, it, i'll admit initially because i i'm sure you probably get this and a lot of other dms as well but like planning for a session can like take a lot out of you and especially when there is also that pressure to um to put something out to an audience and it's not just it's not just you and your friends. It mm. is like, um, you know, in the case of Fable Hunters, it was a weekly live event with quite a large built-in audience. And um, part of me was like, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I will have the time for that. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to commit to two regular, quite long-form campaigns. But um, but we did uh, one shot together. Um, just to kind of test the waters and uh they're amazing they're um such great role players and such um such great performers and communicators and sort of on the basis of that i was like 
nah, I, I, I think I have to do this. I think, yeah. uh, I think I have to. And, um, and so what ended up happening was I think they, they'd had a D and D campaign previously, um, which, uh, had been based on lost minds of Fandalva. Yeah. And I think they were looking for something a little different. And I think because though our dungeon manager campaign is set in Faerun, it, it's you know it's homebrew but you know it's still based along the sword coast it's still like waterdeep boulders gate uh, mm. neverwinter all that kind of stuff familiar locations and, and such yeah and i think i was very keen to stretch myself and create something entirely new and so i basically said to them how would you feel about um, and this is probably because I was watching a lot of Castlevania at the time, but <laughs> I, uh, and reading a lot of more time. Um, but I, I, I sort of approached them and said, "Well, how would you feel about homebrew setting? Sort of very gothic, lots of werewolves and witches and vampires and fog mm. and grey skies." And they were like, "Yeah, we we would like that, please." <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, and um, we. Um, and we've been going for a couple of months now, I think. But yeah, anyway, sorry, that was a very, very long and rambling. No, no, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, no, I feel like that. that's a very comprehensive <laughs> rundown of it. I mean, you're, you're kind of the first person we've had on uh, for these interviews that's more sort of Twitch focused and then podcasted from the Twitch, if that makes sense, rather than, um, you know, m- most of the ones we've had are sort of podcasters who've later maybe started twi- you know broadcasting on twitch as well so it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. to sort of hear the perspective of sort of how that comes together kind of thing i mean um us personally here i mean there's such uh, i feel like another sort of peek behind our curtain is our, our <laughs> sessions are, are quite sporadic i mean and they're going back to the whole sort of organizing a, a regular session thing um that i don't feel like we'd be able to personally put together a regular session so my hat's off to you for being able to sort of do that on a such a regular basis especially like you say a, a weekly basis with um with fable hunters mm. so yeah it's, it's, it's quite a, it's a sort of it's a different mindset i'd imagine than the um, yeah 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 well it's it's a strange one because so we started out putting out content on youtube twitch was quite far away from us because there was there was kind of that added element of twitch chat and being present and like communicating with an audience which i i really love and i really love you know in our relatively short time in the role playing community one of the things that has been incredible to watch is just how uh how tight that community is like Mm. everyone seems to know everyone or at the very least support one another and um and it's incredible to watch and i i think it's one of the things that has really kept us going um, especially through lockdown last year when you know we were kind of craving that escapism and these these different stories but we we started out putting things on youtube and then a lot of the people that we were communicating with over twitter were uh, podcasts that either we weren't familiar or that we we're already fans of, uh, like Flintlocks and Fireballs. Mm. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan, <laughs> and, um, uh, but you know, fi- finally being able to like communicate with uh, um, a lot of these individuals, we realised well, actually, there's there's quite there's a lovely podcasting community out there, and you know, maybe we can sort of be be a part of that and see like how that works, and so we we. Um, starts incorporating that into the content that we're producing and then it was only really through um because we did 
Um, so Wizards of the Coast promoted a couple of one shots that we were doing yeah. in conjunction with their book releases. Um, so we did a Theros one shot. Uh, we did a Nicewind Dale three parter. And it was only really from that that we were like, well, is there any scope for a partnership on our main campaign? And they said, well, um, yes, but only if it was through Twitch. So we then had to have that conversation of, well, do we want to commit to Twitch? It like it's kind of it, even now, like it's still kind of a um, kind of an unknown minefield to us, and mm. we're still figuring out a lot of stuff about like how to make the most of it and how to basically make the most of being on there. Yeah. Um, but you know, after having that conversation and thinking about how we could potentially restructure the way we put out episodes, it sort of became the driving force behind what we were doing. And we so we we pre-record all of our episodes, um, but partly because of the scheduling aspect of it. So what we do, we meet every other week uh, on a Sunday and we record two episodes and then we space those episodes out over the next couple of weeks. So we give ourselves basically a week off in between, Mm. Uh, which means, you know, a lot of us are very busy, like Billy bless him has 101 projects on his plate at any given time <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a very busy man and um he's uh he's incredible and i love him dearly um but you know in terms of fitting it around uh, it became much easier and so i think with fable hunters especially one of the that was one of the things that weighed on my mind was you know with it not only being weekly, but also it wasn't even pre-recorded. It was live. Mm. It was it was a different kind of challenge that, I don't know, not one that I was necessarily scared of because I think like in, so I'm, I'm an actor um, mainly. And so, you know, performing on stage to a live audience isn't, um, you know, isn't something that, I mean, it's terrifying, obviously. <laughs> um, but it's something uh, that you're sort of doing, though, you know. So it's yeah. yeah, not a million miles away from streaming to an audience. Yeah, precisely. But I think, you know, going, okay, for the foreseeable future, like, this is my weekly commitment. And, and you know, I, I'm, like I say, sort of a couple of months in now, and I, I can't imagine doing anything else. It's amazing. Hmm. And, you know... And you get such different things from the people that you're playing with. And it's really interesting because in one, I'm playing with people that I've known for a very long time and who are very near and dear friends to me. And on the other hand, I'm playing with people who are very new to me, but have such a different, I guess, guess sort of skill set in terms of like streaming is is their job. Like they are, they're full-time streamers. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I'm still kind of understand coming to grips with streaming as like like I only found out what pog means the other day. I was I, like, I, 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 I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I. <laughs> I, <laughs> I see it used a lot, and I, I feel very old. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I, I yeah, I came into this uh, this group, and uh, we have like our own separate Discord set up to like communicate about like scheduling and sessions and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And every so often, like when we were looking at character artwork and stuff. And it was being sent through, and they were all like, "Oh, pug!" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know what that means, but it's fine." Um, it's, it, context clues. It sounds like a good thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I've I've tried not to like uh, sort of use it myself because it feels a little too much like Steve Buscemi <laughs> going, "What is up, fellow kids?" Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds to me so so. Um, the the dungeon manager stuff you said you, you pre-recorded so that's at least it's a bit of a different set of um a different set of muscles i would guess then to sort of have that sort of safety net of being able to be like well at least we can slightly edit this as opposed yeah. to the fable hunters it's like oh it's going out live you know no uh, <laughs> any mistakes yeah. are out there sort of thing well not mistakes but you know what i mean once it's said it's it, it's out of your hands it's, kind of thing yeah definitely and uh, you know with with dungeon manager like we one of the benefits is that we're able to so we have some incredible original music um by peter flint um who i highly recommend checking out um mm. but uh he composed all of our music and one of the lovely things is while we play it in game uh, so we use roll 20 so we can see maps and music and all that kind of stuff one of the nice things is we have uh, a bank of music and sound effects that we can add in afterwards mm. and i think especially especially for podcast listeners i think one of the nice things is that like that does help with the immersion as much as it helps the immersion of the players i think especially when you're listening to something that is essentially audio drama yeah, yeah. um it does help to sort of like you know if you've got my weird nasally voice going oh <laughs> now you're you're going into a cave and to like to then have like those sound effects and pete's like incredible score going in the background like it, it does give us that freedom to i guess be a little more cinematic with it mm. i mean i definitely uh, yeah that that's that was something that i thought of fairly early on with ours was I'm quite aware that my voice can, <laughs> over the course of, you know, we're talking for an hour, if I'm DMing the whole time, you know, I'm I'm fairly happy with how I sound, but, like, there's so much more that could be added with music and sound effects. So, I mean, I think it was after our first storyline I started looking into doing that on ours, and it's, yeah, I, I, I've heard nothing but good things from our listeners saying, oh, you know, the music was great, it really added so much to this and things. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's, it's just that other, other element, and I'm 100% with you with the, you know, it's basically audio drama kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, because I think that's, you know, ultimately, you know, it's to do with the people who are playing, but mm. people stick around, I think, for certainly long-term campaigns because they're invested in the story. And I think, um, you know, if you're doing as much as you can to make that as immersive, because, you know, for better or worse, when when you are putting something out into uh, onto the internet or into the world ultimately like you do have to bear in mind things like you know you're not just doing in jokes with one another you are also providing uh providing a story for people who don't know you who don't mm. know your lives and you know what like one of the things we are very aware of we started recording uh halfway through our story and you know what we what we did what uh, we said to ourselves well we'll make sure that it starts at a good jumping on point um but you know we are going to have to be aware we know certain things about this story that our listeners will not or our viewers will not and we'll have to occasionally you know if something comes up like in game in character might have to go oh yes like that you know we we met that person remember when we met that person we did mm. this thing with them um and you know i i think it is interesting because i think when you obviously we're not sat around a table so much anymore but when you are sat around a table and you are you are willing up a world with one another 
and I think um, I've, I've said this before, but I, I think one of the things that I really love about you know, not just D&D, but kind of any role-playing game, is I think it really harkens back to when you're a kid. Because I remember when um, when my partner first came back to my childhood home, and I remember taking her around and, like, showing her, like, different trees and stuff, and I was like, yeah, that was... Uh, that was my uh, that was my den, and that used to be a rocket ship, and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And as a kid, like you run around and you play and you imagine and you conjure things into being, and you're like, right, let's go climb that tower as you point at the tree. And in that moment, like no one has any doubt that it's a tower. It is a tower, and you're going to climb it, and there will be you know gold at the top or whatever. Um, and I think as we get older like there's there's less cause for that and i think one of the lovely things about role playing games is you know you say you walk into a room and it is uh, and it's dank and covered in cobwebs and iron sconces hang from the wall and everyone is everyone is conjuring up something very different in their mind mm. but somehow it's creating something tangible in the middle of the table and I've already forgotten where I was going with this. <laughs> basically, I, I, I think, you know, one of the lovely things about that experience is it is incredibly personal and everyone gets something different out of it. Yeah. But the moment you're putting that out into the world and sharing that with people, like you are creating something tangible together with other people. So anything that is being described, you know, to, you know, a, a third party that is not sat around your gaming table it has to be as engaging for them as it is for you, mm. because otherwise, why why put it out there, I guess? Yeah, I, I'm always very um, conscious of the fact that, yeah, we're playing a game and we're all having fun. We're all, you know, playing the game, but this is not just for us. We're, you know, we're putting a show together as well, so it needs to be engaging as we're playing. And, I mean, obviously, I'd say music and sound effects helps with that, but nobody wants to sit around and listen to us reel off you know numbers for an hour as we're constantly rolling dice sort of thing you know that's not why as you say that's not why people stick around they stick around because they engage with the characters they like the players or whatever i mean i've I've always been more of a kind of uh role play rather than combat sort of focus just in terms of what i enjoy when i'm playing anyway but Mm. i think when it comes to sort of podcasting as i say no nobody's nobody's listening for the dice rolls really they're invested in what the dice rolls represent but yeah, they're there for the investment, like I say. Yeah, that's hmm. yeah. Cuz how did how did you get into role playing in the first place? I know this is probably <laughs> um, <laughs> one of you, yeah, cuz you yeah. Well, I mean, role play is sort of a, a bit of a long road. I mean, I always I mean, how far back do we want to go? <laughs> I mean, you talk about, like I say, the childhood, going home, childhood tree, and like, I'm with you on that and that. Not, not so, I mean, we never, we, we moved around a, a little bit, so I haven't really got so much a singular childhood home, but I was always kind of writing my own stories and things and had kind of little characters and stuff. And then later on sort of game wise came into, you know, I did a lot of, um, a fair amount of games, workshops of Warhammer stuff when I was starting from when I was about 11 or 12. And me too. Um, but I didn't really get into kind of role playing itself until I guess I was sort of, I don't know how old I was early to mid twenties kind of thing. Mm. And I, I kept sort of seeing things online and sort of like, oh, you know, there's a Star Wars role-playing game. Oh, there's D&D, is this and that. And basically I just kind of looked at the Star Wars one and went, I want to play that. 
I have nobody <laughs> at all I know who will play it with me. So I'll just buy the books. And I had all the books for a while. And I was like, right, okay, well, I definitely, I've spent all this money now. <laughs> I might as well start <laughs> sort of thing. Um, so that was kind of, and then I just sort of roped in a bunch of people who hadn't played before and was like, we're doing this, come over to my house at this time. And that was kind of how we started, really. <laughs> um, and then branching off from Star Wars into other games, really. But um, mm. yeah, that, that was... Um, that that was kind of how we came to that at that point i was already actually podcasting though not not this oh, podcast really? it was more sort of kind of general sort of pop culture discussion sort of thing mm-hmm. um so yeah it sort of and then it came together after that one ended into like well i want to keep playing D and i want to keep podcasting mm. so just jam them together and see who will listen yeah <laughs> sort of oh, thing. Awesome. yeah and, uh, but again yeah even going back to like say sort of writing little stories and things when i was younger that was always more sort of like oh no what, what would be a cool sort of thing and that and then being able to then share that with people is very much like a it's a it's a fun element of you know that's, that's partly why i do i end up always being the dm is like oh i've got this story idea that i want to run so mm. i guess i'm running it <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> you know yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting. Like I, um, yeah, I started as a player, and I remember the moment we started our Dungeon Manager campaign. And like I say, first time I DM'd, but I remember suddenly, like a game and a medium of storytelling that I really enjoyed suddenly clicked. Like I, like I already really enjoyed playing, and I really enjoyed that role playing aspect because. You know, ultimately, you know, in a similar way, you know, without sounding too depressing, like I, I act because I, I like. <laughs> this is going to sound very dark. I like, uh, I like. Certainly, when I was younger, I liked not being myself, right. And I think that's extended to. I, I enjoy inhabiting or understanding other people, and I think role playing is such a such a great doorway into that Mm. is telling stories and understanding uh because i I think and i think it's probably why we've seen such a resurgence of it recently is you don't need anything for it you you don't need anything except except for maybe some pen and some paper and mm. dice like let's be honest at the best of times you probably don't even need any <laughs> fixed rules um but i i think it's so like it feels like such a holdover from i don't know i don't i don't want to get too like kitsch these days but <laughs> uh, like, i you know i it is so nice to do something that has no reliance on screens. Yeah. He says, fully aware of the irony that oh, in yeah. recording, like, you know. But um We're surrounded by but, screens of that, yeah, you know, <laughs> whenever we're playing. But yeah, yeah, no, but I, I think there is something really lovely about like because it is kind of harkening back to like telling stories around like a campfire and stuff like that. Like mm. it's it's just communal storytelling, which I think is I think is 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 so lovely. And I, I think you're right, like a lot of the time, you know, you can end up DMing because you're like, I, I really want this to happen. And uh, I mean, I kind of had the opposite thing where I was, <laughs> I was kind of strong armed into DMing because <laughs> um, I. Uh, so I, when I, when I met my, when I first met my partner, she, uh, she had been playing in a group for a while, and she said to me, "Oh, do you want to come along and play a game?" And like, sort of v- very similar to you, like I, I grew up. 
um, sort of doodling in my um, school workbooks and um, reading a lot of uh, fantasy and like uh, absorbing Lord of the Rings on a regular basis and mm. uh, painting sort of uh, Warhammer fantasy and 40k and all that kind of stuff. And sort of having such a love of these sort of more fantastical worlds. And and so D&D had, had been something that I'd always been aware of, but it always seemed so inaccessible to me um, because it seemed like, oh, it was a thing that people played in their basements in the 80s. Yeah. And that was kind of my extent of it. But, you know, it, it it's such a part of the... Like, everyone knows what Dungeons & Dragons is. Everyone has heard of Dungeons & Dragons. And so to a certain extent, like, I was always aware of it. And theoretically, I was always kind of like, that sounds like the kind of thing I would love because it's it's fancy and it's telling stories and it's pretending to be other people. But I I'd, I just never I I never knew like how how you would even begin to get into it. Mm. And so so when my partner said, you know, come along and play, um, and and I did, and I I remember coming out of it and going, wow, like I I didn't know I needed that. I didn't know I didn't know like I needed this kind of game yeah and so we were playing for a little while and i remember i I sent this backstory to our dm and it was just reams and reams and reams and i i sent him a message beforehand saying i'm so sorry i just really (laughs) i really love this kind of stuff and um and he kind of just sent me a message back saying have you ever thought of dming and i was like i mean i barely know how the game works and then between him and uh Catherine, my partner, they were both like, um, you, you should DM, you should, you should absolutely DM. I think you'd really enjoy it and you, you'd, uh, you'd be good at it. Hmm. And while I, I still dispute that final, <laughs> um, uh, that final, uh, suggestion, um, eventually I, I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. And yeah, like I said earlier, I think it really clicked. And I think for as much as I enjoy playing, I think I think there is a there's a really lovely feeling and satisfaction about it's not even holding all the cards because I think as a DM you don't I I don't think you you can ever I I think it's the kind of game where if if your aim is to know everything I think you're maybe playing not playing it wrong I I think that's maybe it's too much like a railroad at that point isn't it you yeah you're, you're better off writing I, a novel sort of thing yeah exactly I think. One of the things I, I love is consistently being surprised by players mm. and and being able to tee that up. I, I think that's more it. It's it's less going, this is my story and I want to tell this story. For me anyway, I, I think that is a valid way of playing and and you know, I've played in um some games where that has been the case, but I think for me it's kind of meticulously planning a sandbox and then saying okay how do you want to play in this sandbox yeah and then one of them reaches into the sand and goes i found this diamond and you're like i i didn't bury that diamond there but <laughs> it's so sparkly and i want to find out why that diamond is in my sandbox yeah um and and i think you know especially when you're in a group that trusts each other and 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 feel safe with one another as well I, I think because role playing is an incredibly vulnerable thing to do because ultimately for as much as you're portraying someone else you are imbuing that individual with a kind of shared life experience like you're drawing on 
on yourself to bring this character to life. And I think when you are in a group that trusts one another and that sort of, you know, without overstating it, like has, has a real love for one another and wants to see these stories and these characters through, I think for me it's it's kind of more about facilitating that. Mm. I really love facilitating mm. that. But, I think uh, I think I come at that from a, a similar sort of angle to you. That I mean, I don't, you know, there's there's a million different ways to to run a game in that. But I I very much like you say, I like setting, you know, having a story in my head. Like, well, not so much a story, but like a an idea of events that might occur. But then just putting yeah. the first one in front of them and going, right, okay, what do you want to do? Sort of yeah. thing. You know, you know your characters. You know, because they, as you say. You 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 got to trust your players to know that they're. You got to trust your players that they know that what they're playing enough mm. and say, okay, here's what's happening now. How yeah. are you going to react? Rather than going, so this is happening. What do you do? Okay, so we're still on the railroad. I, you know, nothing to, as a player because you know I occasionally play as well. <laughs> nothing takes <laughs> me out of it faster than being railroaded. Yeah, because I think at a certain point, like, and you know, I I think. And it's something that I've struggled with as a DM as we've done one-shots because, you know, with a one-shot, there is kind of an element, especially when it's something that you are releasing, mm. there is kind of an element of going, I mean, it does it does need to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It oh, needs yeah. to have a story. And so I think with a one-shot, one of the things I've struggled with, because I think it does go against my my personal preferences, is when you're like, okay, this thing has to happen because <laughs> otherwise the story doesn't work. But at the same time, still being being open to the notion of, I mean, if it doesn't go that way, like that's fine. Like you can, yeah. you can absolutely improvise your way out of it. Also, the, sorry, I, this is going in a completely different direction, but um, <laughs> no, no, I'm just really, it. I'm just really interested. Oh, you you mentioned like uh, one of your first um games was uh star wars roleplay hmm. um so did you say you ran that or you played in it well i ran it i mean it was it wasn't the um the fantasy fantasy flight edge of the empire current one that hadn't quite come out yet when when yeah. it started it was the it was it was then out of print wizards of the coast uh star wars saga edition hmm. and i kind of i bought the core rule book and i was like this looks cool Mainly because I was, you know, huge into Star Wars. I was like, "Ooh, this scratches my nerdy thing on, you know, <laughs> nerdy brain in in multiple different angles." Um, and it was a very quick realization that I don't know anybody who even runs D and D. Nobody is going to run this. Yeah, I, I really want to play this. Um, so I feel like I'm going to have to run it essentially. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, it was a matter of convincing a bunch of people who also hadn't ever played these type of games to be like, no, I want you to come over to my house and pretend to be like Wookiees and stuff. And um, I mean, yeah. in terms of role play, that would be that would be so easy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not actually <laughs> growl. I mean, that, that that campaign. I mean, it had its share of like looking back, quite cringe-worthy sort of first gaming group sort of things that like I definitely wouldn't put it out as a podcast kind of thing of like, mm. oh, this is, and um, you know. Some some of them on my hand, not to throw anyone under the bus. Some of them not my fault. Um, yeah. But you know, it's you know, it's a first game group kind of thing. Um, but it it was a fun time, you know, and it definitely was a bit of a crash course in kind of DMing just as a as a as a thing that you do because you know I went into it with a whole load of prep, and then twenty minutes into the first session, immediately that was like. It, 
<laughs> oh no, they're not doing what I thought they would do. What is going to happen <laughs> now? <laughs> kind of thing. And then trying to roll with it. And yeah, so it was a very quick lesson in like nothing survives contact with the players and, and stuff. So it was, uh, yeah, it was mm. a fun time sort of thing. Because I'm, I'm, I'm interested, like how, because I, I know, I know a lot of people who like to run pre-written adventures and kind of, I'm, I'm interested, I guess, on your take, because one of the things I, I found initially is so when I was about to start DMing, I, um, as many do, I'm sure I, I looked at Lost Minds of Fandalva Hmm. and I was like, okay, maybe I should run this. And I, I did end up like running, uh, couple of like informal sessions um with uh the dm who uh michael who's also in dungeon manager um uh catherine and uh her then housemate jess who is also in dungeon manager um Mm. so that was kind of the beginnings of it but i i really struggled with and like you know it's it's a really simple really like tightly written adventure but one of the things i really struggled with was um working within the parameters of something that had all already been written because i felt it was too like envisioning stuff going off the rails i was like but i only know the information that has been given to me yeah by this book i only know that there are like five goblins around that corner i only know that there's this blacksmith called fern you know it's where and so very quickly i i think i realized i think i can only do this mm. if it's a story that I have laid the groundwork for because I then I know everything that's going on in that world. And certainly with fable hunters, one of the things I found really freeing was in creating this homebrew setting. Like I know the history of this world. Like I know, I don't have to go and look it up. I don't have to like figure out like what the trade routes are between Neverwinter and Waterdeep. I don't have Hmm. to decide on like, um, you know how many guilds there are, and I get, like I already know that kind of stuff. And I guess one of the things I'm interested, especially as you sort of DM more, like do you have a preference or one that you steer clear of? Or? Oh, I mean, it, it's I, I 100% prefer homebrewing, really. Mm. Um, when it comes to that, I, I don't know whether uh, maybe again it's me coming at it. That's a similar sort of view to to yourself as you know, kind of let's see what the players do with this sort of yeah. thing. But I, I do tend to bounce off of pre-written adventures. I really do. Um, mm. But when, I, when we first switched to, um, I had a, you know, this was after the Star Wars group, I started running a D&D 5th edition. Mm. We started with, we didn't do Lost Minds of Fandover, although I had, I did kind of read it through. And I, I think at that point, I think the McElroy's had started doing Adventure Zone. So I kind of listened to the first oh, okay. few episodes of that was them doing that and then quickly deviating into yes, their own thing. very quickly. <laughs> um, but so I kind of had an idea of it and that but we started with um, the the second, Horde of the Dragon Queen, I think it was, the oh, pre-written yeah. thing. We did that for a couple of sessions doing the first couple of chapters and I really, I immediately was like, I'm I'm bouncing off of this and the similar sort of thing as you. I was like, I only know what's in the book here. You know, it's a bit it's a bit too much like revision. Yeah, as yeah. Well. It was like, well, I kept feeling like, well, I need to keep referring to the book when I could just or be I doing need to my remember own thing. All yeah. of this stuff and th- this and, was yeah. coming off of running that Star Wars game 100% homebrew for like two and a half, three years almost. Mm. Um, so I think we ran, I can't remember exactly, maybe the first three chapters of, of that book. And then I was like, 
how would you guys feel if we just deviated and we did our own thing? And they were like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I was like, okay, first things first, we're no longer in the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> Here's a giant A1 A piece of paper that I've drawn a map on, <laughs> um, which has since, like, and I've got a photo of it on my computer. It's real basic. It's like a coast outline and like three towns. And that's since evolved into our full photo satellite view map that we've got on our World Anvil page of like hundreds of settlements and things. And yeah. I, I, I don't sleep enough, basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. understand entirely. Yeah, but but yeah, no, like I say, I have a similar sort of view to you. I, I mean, I 100%, um, I mean, this is probably why any time I've tried to run a one-shot on the podcast, even even though those have also been homebrewed in that, I, I can't do it in one because yeah. I, I'm too happy to, you know, if the players say, oh, well, I want to do this, I'm immediately I'm more interested in them going, oh, well, let's see where this goes, you know, rather than sticking to a, you know, sort of pre-written thing. I, I, it doesn't, I don't know, I just can't gel with it, if you know what I mean. If they say, oh, well, no, now, now no, this says you need to be going to the next room here, or no, now you need to go off and find this person. It's like, well, I, uh, you know, it just yeah. doesn't work for me. I, I'm, I'm 100%, you know, as I say, respect that, some people really do prefer pre-written stuff and that is 100% a way to play and you know I haven't got any problem with that at all but it just doesn't work so well for me it's, that's yeah. how I look at it basically no I, th I think yeah I I, I agree I, I think like you say it's and I'm sure this isn't the case but I, I think when it is entirely coming from the group and like you say I think it's very easy to take elements from. like I remember when we did our Icewind Dale three-parter. Hmm. Like there are a lot of things that um, you know I I appropriated from from uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, uh, but it was all in service of something that came from the players. Um, I mean, my my jumping-off point as a DM is to kind of basically this is uh, longhand for me saying I'm very bad at coming up with ideas, um, <laughs> but, but basically because I, I'm Anything that we do, be it a one-shot or a long-form campaign, I want it to tie in either thematically or narratively with whatever the characters have. Mm. So what I tend to do is my jumping-off point is basically approaching the players and saying, what kind of campaign would you like? Or going, this. Is, so for example, our Christmas one, I said, we. I'm thinking we'll do a Victorian-esque style ghost story in the vein of like dickens hmm. um so if you want to create a character for that and uh, send me some backstory for that we'll be playing at this level um and i'll get something more concrete written up so one of the things i really enjoy is sort of getting those backstories from characters and i always say you know give me um i'll send like some pre-written questions to them and i'll say give me your backstory and give me one secret. Give me a secret that you don't want any of the other players to know. And then kind of from that, I'll receive these, you know, incredibly written documents uh, that are, you know, funny and sad and just transporting. And it's so great to just sit down and read it. And immediately you start to see parallels between, you know, I have five players. So there's crossover there and I'm like, okay, that thing can I connect this yeah and we can tie that in thematically with this later on and we can mirror that and we can drive a wedge between these two characters later on with the introduction of this npc all this kind of stuff and i i think there's something really exciting about it coming 
entirely from the players, mm. um, which, like I say, may just be an admittance of my own lack of imagination. But um, oh no, I, yeah. I think it all adds to the texture because I mean, it's I mean, in a non-spoilery way because we haven't really we're, we're still in the midst of it. Our current sort of D and D campaign, which unfortunately we've had to sort of put a hold on recordings due to the uh, well the, the situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's we especially in the the last episode before we sort of went on hiatus there's a whole section there that if um Liam hadn't sort of given me sort of the admittedly slightly vague thing of like my guy doesn't really know where he came from I was able to then we were able to put a whole sort of couple of scenes in where I could sort of even without revealing any secrets to him be like hey here's some breadcrumbs sort of thing and it was mm. part of my it was, if, if anything, my favourite sort of part of that episode was like, "Hey, here's a." I ended up again, not spoilers because it's the title of the episode, but he had, he had ended up having like a sort of vision type thing, mm. and uh, that's a hundred percent from him being like, "Well, my my guy's this kind of person. He doesn't know this, so I'm able to sort of build off of that." And that's my favourite stuff is being like, "Oh, okay, cool. You're giving me some stuff to work with here," you know, mm. rather than trying to jam uh, a character into events that I'd already thought of. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'd rather have like the thing you know me running it reacting to what you know they're giving me rather than going okay here's an unchangeable thing what do you do in response to it you know <laughs> i think it's also yeah. like one of the things that's really interesting and i really enjoy in our group is w we have a lot of moral arguments mm. uh, or at least the the characters do and it became very apparent that was going to be happening a lot uh, early on um, because, you know, as with a lot of D&D characters, like, a lot of them don't have a very happy uh, <laughs> upbringing. Otherwise, why would they be, you know, um, running around and adventuring? <laughs> um, but, you know, naturally, a lot of them have uh, a lot of, like, uh, issues with parents and things like that. And so one of the first arcs, I guess, with the group uh, that we did, it sort of ended with this basically bodies had been going missing and they eventually found out that someone was uh, someone was putting together a flesh golem trying to bring the father of the house back to life mm. and they defeated the flesh golem and they found the culprit and they were like right we're going to take uh, we're going to take them to the city watch uh, let's just check the house make sure we've not missed anything or anyone and they went upstairs and they found this 5 year old girl and they were like, oh, okay. And so it it became this moral conversation of they desecrated bodies, like we can't let that slide. And then that was one half of the group. And then the other half of the group who like understood what it was, to, you know, to not have parents around and stuff like that were going, but there's a child who is who is going to be out on the streets mm. um that's just the way it works in this world there isn't like social services or anything like that like we are we are leaving a child like parentless and how do we reconcile that and i remember we got to the end of that episode and it was a re um actually no this was before we started recording and i remember it got so heated and this was our final uh, session of the year <laughs> and we came to a close of the session and I remember we just kind of sat there in silence for a minute, and I was like, "Okay, well, I guess we'll we'll pick this up next year." <laughs> and it was it was, but it was so it was so heated and emotional and genuine, mm -hmm. and that was all because everyone had invested so much in. Well, how would my character react to this? How would my character like want 
you know, the closest thing to justice in this world, how would they want that to be enacted? And I think, I don't know, what, my favourite moments as a DM aren't when, you know, you're putting something like cool in front of them and like going, here's this monster you can fight or whatever. It's sitting back for a solid half hour and just watching kind of in awe as your players just bounce off one another. Mm. Um either in conflict or in union. And yeah, I think there's something really uh, lovely and exciting. And it's, I think it's an experience you can't really get from anything else. Like I know you could, like there are a lot of incredible video games which offer, you know, seemingly unlimited choices, but ultimately like they are restricted by code and algorithms and programming. Whereas mm. with something like um, any role-playing game like the only limits that you impose are the boundaries that you set for one another going you know i don't want to explore this subject okay we won't um i don't want to i don't want this session to be any longer than three hours okay it won't be you know it's entirely based upon the boundaries that you set with one another because outside of that like it's it's impossible storytelling and it's boundless Hmm. and i think yeah it's it's so unlike anything else it's like it's like you you are collectively telling your favorite tv series and none of you have any idea how it's going to end um and yeah no it's um i i feel very fortunate to have you know over the last i mean only really like three or four years have kind of discovered this you know these games but also this community i i feel um yeah i feel very fortunate mm. Mm. um so with the night is sort of bringing this this train into the station then uh, i feel like that's a real nice that's a nice button to sort of kind of uh pull this to a close on then uh, where can people find uh find you and all your stuff um, a lot of places. Uh, so as with most of my answers, it will be a bit rambling, but bear with me. Uh, so you can find us on Twitch at dungeon manager underscore D and D. Um, we have new episodes out, uh, every Wednesday at five o'clock GMT. Um, and we will be picking up on our mid season finale on, I believe it's the 3rd of February. Let me just check. I think that, that might've gone by the time this episode is going to go live. Okay, in which um, case we are already resumed. And, uh, I have you my can, calendar uh, closed at the moment, so that doesn't ding and <laughs> interfere <laughs> with the recording. But I believe that yeah, that will have gone by the time this goes up. But that's yes. right. In which case, people should we... definitely go back into the the archives and well, the archives. Go and check that out, though. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like the archives. Um, we, uh, but you can also catch up on all of our old content on YouTube. Um, uh, it has all of our recorded episodes, including all of our one shots as well. Um, you can check us out, um, in podcast form on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. Um, and, uh, we're also available. Uh, you can check out our patron as well. I always forget to plug that, but <laughs> we do have a patron. Um, we have lots of lovely stuff like, uh, maps from our sessions, which you can utilize in your games. Uh, we have stat blocks for homebrew monsters and homebrew NPCs and lots of lore and backstory and all that kind of stuff written up for them um so you can check that out if you'd like to support us um in terms of my work on fable hunters uh we stream every thursday that's at six o'clock i think you can find them on twitter yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, um, you can find uh fable hunters on twitter um i believe 
Uh, their old episodes are also on YouTube, I believe, under the YouTube name Cantrip Breakers, which is the show that I DM for. And you can find me on Twitter at Edward underscore Spence underscore, where I don't really post all that much. There's not a lot of acting work going on in the lockdown, but hmm. <laughs> uh, I occasionally post uh, um, pictures of cats and occasionally damning indictments of the Tory government. But uh, yes, yeah, so that's... Uh, both both of which are it. relevant to my interests. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's me i hope i haven't awesome. gone on for too yeah, no, long no, it's, it's, too it's, it's great this has been a it's been a very interesting uh discussion today thanks so much again for joining me no um, thank you uh i will i will close this out by ramblingly also giving out our <laughs> details to our listeners <laughs> uh, as always you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram uh all three of which we're at pretend with dice i swear i will remember to post on instagram again very soon um i always forget as well it's, like, <laughs> it's always the my... third one it's like oh i've got to photoshop up a picture and stuff and <laughs> but, well, i'll get back to it it's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and also if you're so inclined we have a we have a ko-fi page it's ko-fi coffee i always ask this every time um, I, yeah me yeah. too at uh, ko-fi.com uh, slash pretending with dice uh, and finally we'd love for you all to join our discord server the links to which can be found in our twitter bio and on the contact page of our podbean site a um, lot of fun stuff going on there we're still doing our weekly uh, jackbox games sessions on um, saturdays and i tend to generally post announcements and stuff on there first and um Mostly, though, it's a it's a place to post stupid memes. So, uh, yeah, come, come and join <laughs> us. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, like I say, once again, um, thank you so much for joining me, Ed. This has been a lot of fun. No, not a problem. If you're ever running a Star Wars campaign, let me know. Well, uh... we are planning on um, bringing back... We did, a, we did one season of um, Star Wars, which we called Temp Tempest Squadron, which was kind of my experiment to see how close we could get to being audio drama while still holding on to a slight bit of gameplay <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of things so i ended up revoicing basically every npc with you know people we knew and stuff after the fact and and things That's but awesome. um yeah definitely I will, I will um i will keep you in the loop on on that because we are planning on coming back for season two so oh nice yeah. i mean i'm i'm good at haughty imperial officers oh so, that's uh... that's good because there's probably going to be a few so <laughs> um cool okay well uh in that case then uh, in that case then i talking is hard um talking is hard yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so we will see you all uh next time and uh yeah see you later see you soon